Welcome to the Life's Hard Succeed Anyway podcast, where you will hear transformational stories, positive encouragement, and practical strategies to help you grow your mindset, reach your potential, live your dreams, and experience a purpose-driven, impact-filled life. Here's your host, Alan Blaine. All right, this is Alan Blaine, and I am fired up to interview our special guest today, my friend, Mark Hildebrand. So let me tell you just a little bit about Mark before we get going here. Mark is a former 20-year law enforcement officer with the Los Angeles Police Department who struggled through a 100-pound weight loss journey and losing touch with his family while working a crazy career. After successfully getting in the best shape of his life at age 45, and making his family his top priority, he now shows other leaders and entrepreneurs how to create both personal and professional success without sacrificing family time and burning themselves out, which is a couple things I'm really all about as well. So I look forward to this conversation. Mark, welcome to the Life's Hard Succeed Anyway podcast. Alan, thank you so much for having me on. I appreciate it. Hey, man, this is going to be fun. I've given our you know listeners just a brief overview of who you are, um, but Take just a moment and kind of bring us up to speed of your story, maybe in high speed, you know, how you got to where you are today. Mm, great question. Great question. So, I mean, like you said, we all both started out in law enforcement, right? In Southern California, me from the LAPD. And, and initially when I first got on, like I had my father who was a role model for me. He was an LAPD officer as well. And some of the things that I learned, some directly and some indirectly was like, if you really want to succeed, give your energy as much as you possibly can, your time, and climb up the ranks. And that is like a really important part of the process. And what I realized is through that process, I was overweight. I was actually about 100 pounds overweight at one point. I was working crazy amounts of overtime. I was uh, the gang qualified court expert. People would call me on my days off. I'd you know, be there for a search warrant in the morning, then have court all day, then go back to work. And it was just like this rinse and repeat over and over and over again. And so everything really took the back seat for me because I felt like I needed to show up and serve my, my family, but in a financial aspect. And that was my job, my role and responsibility. And kind of what I did is I pushed all the other stuff off to the side. And through that process, not only was, was I like giving so much to my career, is I didn't have the connection with my wife that I wanted to. I didn't have, um, you know, even when my son was first born, I was so unhealthy that I experienced some physical uh, manifestations of just being unhealthy. And I couldn't really show up for him in a time when he needed me to show up the most. He was actually born at 27 weeks. He had to spend 73 days in the NICU. And when you have your first baby and then you, you know, have to leave the hospital and you don't get to be there with him anymore and you get to come and visit, it was an emotional toll that I wasn't ready to take, but also a physical toll that I wasn't ready to take. And I kind of spiraled. Uh, a lot of things were like out of my control and I couldn't show up for my son, which was the, the most, I would say, rock bottom for me was like, he didn't get to choose his, his dad, but I got to choose my decisions. And my decisions led me to that moment when I felt like I'm never going to allow this to happen again. And that's when coaching, when leadership was kind of presented to me, but presented to me in a different way. Because at the time, leadership was more like, I thought of it, it was like people were telling you what to do. And what I didn't realize is that there's a really powerful synergy between leadership and coaching and finding ways of asking yourself powerful questions to get you out of what we're always constantly doing, rinsing and repeating over and over and over again. It brought some awareness to th some things that were happening to me in my life. And I was able to see things a little bit differently. 
and turn things around. I know, talk about a 100-pound weight loss. I ended up getting up to the rank of Sergeant 2 in LAPD, but also starting my own business and now helping entrepreneurs. I have my own life coach certification, life and leadership coach certification that I run. Like All of those different things, they sound awesome, but it first started out with me being able to lead and coach myself to take those actions and earn the right to actually be able to help other people. And it took me going through all of that madness that we just talked about, all the struggle, all the sacrifice, all the the failures that I went through in order to be able to make that happen. Yeah. Did you plan on doing more than a 20-year career with the LAPD <laughs> initially? Yeah. Um, Alan, uh, it was like everybody in LAPD, they do 33 years. Because at 33 years, you get a 90% pension. And that's what generally everybody was there was there until. It was about the the maybe 12 to 15-year mark where I'm like, I don't think I really want to do this that much anymore. Like, I love giving. I love like serving. I love, I mean, all of the different aspects of being a police officer, but it was like emotionally and physically draining. And I felt like there was something else there that I could give that I couldn't give within my current capacity. And that's when my brain was like, okay, maybe this 33-year plan isn't the best way, but then it goes to like, okay, well, what am I going to do? Right. That's kind of like a, a big aha moment for me. And I'm sure a lot of entrepreneurs had it is like, I think Ed Milet, he says this, he says, we're, we're most qualified to help the person that we used to be. So realizing that me going through all of this struggle, all of this stuff, right, actually made me the perfect person to be able to help them through it too. That was kind of like my aha moment where it's like, actually, I went through this for a purpose because I needed to get on the other end and be able to help people and know what it felt like to be there. I love that. And what? how far into that 20-year career was that aha moment that you realized that or started questioning whether the 33-year plan was the was the right plan? It was between 12 and 13 years in. So after I had already solidified, I think I, was, I had just became a sergeant. And I'm like, man, there's got to be something else. And then that was the about the same time that I started to work on my health as well. Okay. So well, tell us what that was like. So you, at that point, you were 100 pounds overweight, roughly? Sounds so like. I was, I, I was about 100 pounds overweight. I was 100 pounds overweight before that. But I had this fluctuation where I would gain 20, lose 20, gain 20, lose 20. I would go on morning watch and, and you know, go on PMs and then they would just come right back on. It was dependent on my circumstances, like the things outside, right? If I had a good schedule, then I could do, you know, I, everything would be perfect. If the kids would like let me sleep, then I would, I would be able to eat healthy and, and work out and exercise. And I was waiting for the outside to change before the inside could change, right? It's like I was waiting for all of these things to fall into alignment before I started, you know, really taking care of myself. And this was at the same time around the 12 to 13 year mark where I was like, wait, it's not necessarily the outside. It always starts in the inside, right? And so right. being able to see things, like I said, see things a little bit differently. Um, one of my mentors says, your outward success is an expression of your inner growth. And so if you want something on the outside, you have to start f- focusing on the inside. And the inside is the stuff that I could control, right? So I was like, listen, if I want to get healthy, I could do it. It doesn't matter what shift I'm on. It doesn't matter what circumstances I'm in. It doesn't matter what happens on the outside. I can make a conscious decision. And if I really want this for myself and for my family, for my kids to model the behavior... I'm going to be able to make it happen. And it's crazy when a switch like that turns on, right? It's like this one switch and that's like really all all it takes. And really, I, I, I coined it as like making a decision. Like we make a decision not to like do it until it gets hard, but like make a decision until it's done. And it can, at any moment, we can just flip that switch if we decide to. This is the time that like I'm never going back to that, you know, the way of eating or the way of exercising or the way ever again, like from here on, it's going to completely change. And all you need is that one little decision. And yes, it's the decisions that happen after that to kind of like 
uh, like follow up with it. But it all starts with that one little like catalyst that like takes it off. 100%. And you hear it time and time again from different people's stories. It was one decision yep. where they just got fed up with whatever it was and made a change. And like you said, that's not the end of the story. That's the beginning of that exactly. new journey. But but that's what you did. You also mentioned a mentor of yours. What was it? You know, what was it the mentor speaking into your life? What was the catalyst to get things to start shaking up in your mind and start seeing a different perspective and and ending up at that place where you made a choice to make a change. Really great question. And as you, and by the way, Alan, you're an incredible interviewer. Just like <laughs> picking out these questions, I'm like, yes, that is an amazing coaching question. It's the the questions that he was asking me. I mean, for example, like if you're going through your day and you're you're having a conversation with your kid, you could say, oh, how was your day today? Right? It's kind of like the normal, like, oh, fine, good, good, fine. But instead right. of saying something like that, you could say, like, what made you smile today? And it's a different level of question that gets you to think. So one of the questions that he had asked me is like, what do you want to achieve like when it comes to your financial success? But also, what do you want to be able to achieve when it comes to like your personal success? Like what would success in family look like? And how could you have both? Questions right. like, how could, because you're excelling in one, how could that actually make it possible to excel in the other? Instead of making it like an, like this or this, right? Because I, I, I have the all or nothing mentality. It's like, how can you do both? But also because you do both, how could they like really be able to even excel even more? Because you're using one to actually fuel the other. And that was when like the switch came on. I love that, Mark. How did you get a mentor like that? For those that are like, I don't, I don't have a coach or a mentor. You, you referred to it as a mentor, but how did you get to a mentor like that? And what would you say, second part, what would you say to somebody that's like, I, I need someone like that to be speaking those great questions into my life because I'm not doing a very good job of it myself. 100%, 100%. So me, it started out with like reading books, like diving into books, learning from like some of the different, like John Maxwell was was one that was like really spoken to me. And while I was reading these books, like, you know, there's, there's certain people that you can get mentored where you don't actually have to have that one-on-one, but I like to have the one-on-one. And it was funny because as I was reading one of John Maxwell's books, somebody popped across my newsfeed. They were a life coach and they actually were teaching one of John Maxwell's like books. They were kind of like doing this like once a week call where you get to discuss some of the books a little bit deeper. And when I got on with him, he would ask me questions like that. He would, he would like really dive in deeper than just surface level. And when by listening to him, I'm like, I don't know what you're doing. But number one is I feel compelled to be led by you. Like I will, like, I'll just go out and take any of the actions you're asking me to because you're actually finding what's inside of me. You're not trying to motivate me with motivates you. You're finding what's inside me and asking me great questions to bring out the best of me, not trying to like, push me in a certain direction. And through that process, I was like, I don't know what you're doing, but I love it. And I really feel like this is the way that leadership should be, where you're leading people, asking great questions, but you're not doing it for yourself. You're doing it for the other person because you want them to be able to show up and make an impact in their life and achieve what they want. But you're doing it by asking them really great questions so they can find the answers themselves rather than being tied to me as the person who always has to give you the answers. And being in that environment with him, it was like, this is this is really what I needed. I needed a coach. I mean, now, Alan, there's coaches everywhere, right? There's life coaches, there's Everybody's business coach. coaches. And, and I honestly, I, I would say just find a coach. It doesn't matter like what, especially like, I mean, I know a lot of people are calling themselves coaches, but when you think about like the top level CEOs and the top performers in basketball and football, everybody's got a coach oh, yeah. because you've got to get somebody to help push you and elevate your standards, right? So I, I wouldn't right. also say that there's like one right best only coach for you. I'm like, just go out and try some and find somebody that really connects with you. And from there, 
Like the sky is the limit, right? So that's that's the advice that I would give if somebody is looking for a coach. Find somebody you connect with that is like really near and dear to your core values. I know Alan and I, we met at one of the Dad Edge conferences. That's how I know like he's he's my guy. Like I, I want him on my show and I want to like have him in my life more because I'm like, I know your values are very similar to my values. And I'm like, if we hang out together, it's going to bring out the best in me. So I know that just from our values that, that that's an important relationship for me. So that's kind of what I think about is like, do they have my same values? And I was trying other coaches until I found the one that I really like leaned into. I love that. So many good nuggets there. I mean, just the fact that if we think we're going to go it alone, we're we're not we're not setting ourselves up in the best possible position for success. And I know you've experienced that. You just shared a little bit of that. I've experienced it from having coaches and and being in masterminds and getting input yes. from other mentors in my life. It's like I can't imagine now not having that. But yep. like you coming from a you know, law enforcement background where I spent not 20 years, but six years as a police officer, you know, back then in my twenties and even in my thirties, I just didn't know what I didn't know. And I wish I knew that now. That's why I'm so passionate about podcasts like this Mm -hmm. and getting, you know, your wisdom and others wisdom out there for those that are willing to grow and learn. And we just have so much in common. It's amazing. The more I hear more of your story, the more I realize we have in common because like you, Mark, I had somebody speaking into my life Mm -hmm back years ago to help me make changes that I can look back down and go, these were the greatest changes I've ever you know, made mm-hmm. uh, by God's grace. But the same thing, he asked questions. It was everything you describe is what he did for me and what mm-hmm. I want to do for others, because that's where we really help people get down, as you said so well, you didn't exactly say it this way. I'm not going to say it as well as you did probably, but get down to asking, you know, think getting deep to the real root of, of things that really matter. Mm-hmm. Um, and really questioning what we're doing, why we're doing it, who we're doing it with. And, yep. and that's where exciting change can happen. Would yep. you agree? Oh man, that was, that was very, very well beautifully said. Let me ask you this. Well, continue on with your journey. So you were just, and then I want to go back, but you just to keep the timeline going at 45. Well, I don't know how old you were when you made the change and made the decision mm-hmm. to make some changes, but take us through that process you made the change. You lost a hundred pounds. Mm-hmm. You got out of police work at 20 and I don't know how, or 20 years in, mm-hmm. I don't know how many years ago that was and what's transpired since. Yeah. Okay. So, um, let me give you the cliff, the, the cliff notes. So after losing weight, of course, everybody wants to know what you're doing, right? They're like, right. what did you do and how did you do it? Now here's the trick is like so many people, this is like in business, it's everything, but I'll I'll tie this to like health and fitness. Everybody wants to know what you did, what you ate, the food you had, the workout program that you did. Cause they're like, this is the one right best only way. And we've got to do it the way that Mark said. But see, the thing was, is like, I had to find this, the, the, the tactics, but what I really needed to focus on first was the mindset, getting my mind on point, really being able to find like why I'm even doing this, right? Why this is so important and meaningful. What is this going to do for me and for my family if I'm willing to lean in and find the thing that's really going to work out for me? And so when I jumped in, I was like, oh, hey, this is what worked for me. This is the workout that I was doing. I was doing P90X. This is the, this is the nutrition shake I was doing. And there was a certain number of people who were actually seeing some results. And there was a lot of people who weren't. They were talking themselves out of it. They were having this conversation of like, see, I told you it was not going to work out for me. And they were having this self-sabotage and they were just like beating themselves up. And they were thinking about all the things on the outside, right? They were like, I can't do this because I have this shift and this and this, this boss and all this kind of stuff. And I'm like, wait, 
maybe I this this piece over here, the tactics, the the what to do for exercise, maybe this isn't the most important thing. Maybe it was having a coach, somebody who could ask you questions, get to those deep reasons. But here's the thing too, when you can get to the deep reasons why you actually want something, you can also get to the deep reasons and rooted like problems and things that are holding you back from it too. Because right. sometimes there's something that was said to us when we were younger, like, oh, you're never going to be a good leader or you suck at math or whatever. And it gets trapped in our subconscious mind. And now we bring that with us into everything we do. It doesn't matter if we have like 47 different workouts, if you have this belief of like, I'm big boned. That's what I used to say. I'm like, I was 100 pounds overweight. I'm like, I'm just big boned. This is the way that my body is. And the reason why that would work for me is because it would make me feel comfortable because I didn't have to change anything. I'm like, right. it's not, I don't have any, I don't have any like decision here. It's just the way that I am. Right. And that's what I started to realize is people needed more help than just the guidance of health and fitness. They needed the mindset piece. They needed a coach to ask them a few questions. They need somebody to challenge them sometimes. Right. I'm guessing your mentor did that too. Sometimes when he's yeah. like, Hey, no, we got to challenge this a little bit. Right. You're not just going with the status quo. Sometimes, sometimes your support system is awesome, but sometimes like, I don't need my mom to tell me, Oh, you're okay. It's everything's fine. You're just perfect the way you are. I'm like, I love you, mom but I want somebody to challenge me a little bit, right? And right. so that's what I started to do is I started to dive in and go, okay, I can give you the tools, but I need to make sure that you're going to stay committed to the tools. And there's a reason why you're fighting with the tools and that you know that there's a million different tools out there and we can find anything that's going to work for you as long as you're willing to like lean in and find the reasons to do that thing and uncover any of the things that are like holding you back. And so that's when I started to get into more of like life coaching philosophy I wasn't certified yet, but I knew that there was some piece missing here because not everybody could do the same workout and get the same results as I did, right? And so by right. working through that, it started to develop into life coaching. And that's when life coaching was presented to me actually three different times. And then the third time I actually went through a certification. It was like $20,000. It was like six months worth of training. And it was the best money that I ever spent on my credit card. <laughs> it's one of those things where you're like, I don't really like taking on debt, but like I need something different, right? For things to change, things have to change. And I need to be willing if like I'm actually going to create a business and help people, I have to be willing to like learn and develop the skills that I need to do to be able to do that. And so many times I'd convince myself not to, but it was like the greatest decision ever. Because then after that, then I knew how this subconscious mind worked. I knew how people's brains work and I could unlock so much from them. That's why it sped up the process of my business and why I was able to leave earlier this year in February. I was able to leave my 20-year career. And it was crazy because everybody's like, wait, what? Like, you don't go into your like the police into roll call and go, okay, guys, I'm giving it up for a life to become a life coach. Like people are like, you're doing what? Yeah, see you in a couple weeks, right? And now they're like reaching out to me going, hey, what are you doing again? Like, can you show right. me what it is you're doing? It's it's crazy in the in in the interim, but I was like, no, this thing is like really powerful. Yes, I could use life coaching in policing, but it, using it outside, I can make even more of an exponential effect. So that's kind of like how I know you have a bunch of questions. I'm sure I blasted through it, but that's kind of like how I came into what I'm doing right now, which is life coaching, leadership coaching, more for entrepreneurs. I love it. So you know, you did a great job. So it's been since February that you retired from the LAPD. Yep. So not a little less than a year ago. And so you started the life coaching business before that, I assume. I did. How many yep. years have you been doing what you're doing now in addition to being a police officer up until February? So about two and a half years, um, okay. I've been doing life coaching. Okay. What, what, is the, what is one of the greatest things that you enjoy about that profession since that's your full-time occupation now? I'm just curious. Mm, um, I love asking a question that totally turns on the light bulb for somebody and them realizing that something is right in front of their face, like 
And it's not going to be this major difficult thing that they're going to have to do in order to overcome it or, or able to achieve something. It's like asking them a question and getting them to go, I never thought of it that way. When somebody says that, that's the greatest form of respect to me because I'm like, perfect. Because that's the way that we need to be thinking about it then, right? When you can see things differently, right? It's the same as like adversity. I know you're about to come on my show. I want to hear all about your adversity. We can think of adversity as a bad thing, right? But what if you thought about adversity as like that obstacle that you overcome that now you get to help so many other humans overcome it because you went through it? Right. Like so many people are not willing to go through it. If If they're not, they haven't gone through it themselves, they're not willing to accept your advice. But if they're like, Alan has gone through it. Alan is my go-to to help me get through it, right? And now instead of this thing, which in the middle, when you're going through it, it sucks, right? You're like, this is terrible. I don't know if I'm going to come out the other end thinking that I'm going to be able to impact others. But it's crazy because when you do and you get out to the other side, you can go like, I actually can help people with this. I actually know what it feels like to be there. And I know what I needed back then. And now I know how to help support other people. And even just thinking of that differently can literally change your outcome, not only for that day, but like it's one of those things where once your outlook has changed, it bring it gets brought into every other relationship, every other conversation, anything else that you're doing throughout that day. So good. Mark, you're killing it. You, you've had, you're having a great deal of success here over the last, I didn't know how long it had been. It's amazing. In just two and a half years and you're able to retire early and, and do this, uh, have a successful life coaching business. But what would you say is a key, one of the many keys, I'm sure, to your success? So early on, um, that mentor, he told me your outward success is an expression of your inner growth. And I know I already talked about that, but this is the key for it for me. When I want to achieve something, I want some results on the outside. I immediately go to what do I need to become on the inside first? Mm. I like to think about this like the person who owns a million dollar business and the person who owns a six figure business are entirely different people. Right. If somebody gave, somebody had a million dollar business and they gave it to someone who had a six-figure business, would that person be able to function at the fa- the capacity of a million dollar business owner? Odds are no. And that's why people that win the lotto normally don't keep their money. Exactly. Because you didn't become yeah. somebody else in the process. We, we want to rush through the adversity and the struggles, but those things are the best teachers because when we get here, we get to keep it. But if we get here, like what I was doing, losing 20, gaining 20, losing 20, gaining 20, I didn't become something different in the process. I was focusing on the outside, what I need to eat, exercise. But instead, when I focused on the inside, the person that I wanted to become, that person just works out and exercises like that anyway. He just eats that food anyway. It's just my normal routine, my normal habits is that's what I did. And what's crazy is when you do that, like I don't want to say the 100 pounds flipped off like that because it didn't, but it's crazy how quickly it did where it's like, wow, it was that switch, the catalyst, but it starts inside, right? It all starts inside. I know I like to think of it like the analogy of like planting a seed, right? You plant a seed and that seed can turn into like this huge oak, right? But before it does, it works all underground. It's the roots are just like soaking up all the water. It's so like enveloped underground, you don't even see it. And then you see a little sprout come up off, out of the ground and you're like, all of this work and all I have is this little sprout and you don't see all of the roots that are necessary to hold it up when it is the big oak, right? Right. But as long as you don't try to dig it up and and put it somewhere else, let me just dig this up and move it over here. As long as you continue to water it, give it sunlight, right? 
then it's going to it's going to have the ability of being able to have like all of that external success that people think about but also be able to like actually hold it up right be able to continue with it that way too so that's why i always think about like where when i'm trying to become a better father a better husband with my health or my career or leadership or whatever i always think about what do i need to do internally who do i need to grow into what do i need to learn maybe some skills to become the type of person that just has that goal just has that thing anyway and it always gets me to be able to focus on what I can control, which is me, right? Versus what I can't, which is the outside. So good, Mark. So good. You know, you have were re- recommended to me long ago by two different people. I can't, I can't even remember who, but two different amazing podcast guests that I've had on my show brought your name up and said, you need to have Mark on your show. And now I see why. Thank you. I Thank you for that. making time to come on here. This is awesome stuff. I know life hasn't been easy because life's never easy, but you mentioned you brought up adversity and, and, and the adversity that I'd been through. Some, I mean, you didn't specifically name what it was, but some mm-hmm. of the adversity I've been through in the past and, and things and how I love helping people you know, live a successful life. That's the name of the podcast, mm-hmm. despite you know, life's challenges and life being hard. But call it adversity, call it challenges, call it trials, call it whatever you want. What are some one or more of the biggest challenges that you've been through to date now in your, I guess, mid-40s? Mm, okay. So I initially was going to like go back to um, when my son was born, but I'm going to talk about one that's like more recent because here's like one caveat is like, just because you know how to get through adversity and you've been through it before does not mean the next time it happens that it's just instantly going to be easy for you, right? It's just a new level of hard. Like they say, new level, new devil, right? So about five and a half years ago, I started to have some stomach issues while I was still working LAPD, all the stress from there, running my running a business, kids, all this kind of stuff. And I ended up going to the doctor because I was not feeling well for a long time. And after about a year, they finally diagnosed me with something called uh, Crohn's disease. It's an autoimmune disease. And they said that the fact that I was a police sergeant for so long and saw all of the things that I saw, that it kind of activated this in my system and it was going to be impossible to deactivate. It was something that we were going to have to manage. Now, from that time till 30 days later, I'd actually lost 30 extra pounds. I had to go out in public a couple of times and people were like, are you struggling with cancer? Or like, what's going on, Mark? Like, seriously, they were like, you could tell us. And I'm like, well, I have Crohn's disease. <laughs> it is something I need to get under control. But it was one of those things where at the time I was a health and fitness coach. When you're a health and fitness coach and you're diagnosed with an autoimmune disease, your brain does tricky things of saying, how are you going to be able to help people when you can't even help yourself? Right. And that was the thing that I had to face. It was like, okay, I'm deteriorating. I'm going down this path. Why is this happening to me? Those are all the, those are all the bad questions. Alan, we talked about the good questions. The bad right. ones are, why is this happening to me? Because do you know a good answer to that? There isn't. There's no good answer to why is this happening to me? It's like our brain will naturally go down that path, right? Of like negativity. And that's where all those things are happening. Like, why is this happening to me? Like, I'm trying to help people. And this is kind of like what I get for it. And in, I had to process that and realize like, hey, this is, it sucks. Having an autoimmune disease sucks. Like today I woke up, I feel pretty good. But like 50% of the time, like my energy isn't on, right? Thank goodness I, mm-hmm. I have it on for this podcast. But sometimes it's not. And I just got to call it a day. And I just got to like going back into my bed, which is weird when you're like, your energy is such a big motivator for people and they want to feel your energy. But I was like, I, I had to struggle through that. And what I realized is that once I got like the physical manifestations under control, and I started to realize how much my mind was playing to it, 
that I could actually make that be the thing that people looked to me for mm. instead of like my kryptonite, right? It was going right. to be my superpower. Love that. And just literally changing that, flipping it around, made me think about this in terms of like, how many people can I help if I have an autoimmune disease and yet I'm still healthier than so many other people who don't have an autoimmune disease? How many people are going to be like, well, if he can do it, I could do it too. And that's where that mission came back where I'm like, I've got to get this back under control because I do have a lot of people to help still. So good. So I think, you know, you mentioned the, the negative self-talk, you know, the, the wrong questions that we ask ourselves. Mm-hmm. Everybody faces that. I mean, it, I, I think, I believe everybody faces that. It's just a matter of certain ones have learned to stop that and change yep. that narrative right away. Uh, and others will let it run on for a lifetime. Yep. Um, and, and everywhere in between. I th- that's my my perspective of it anyway. So what do you say to somebody that... What what tip or strategy would you say to somebody who who's dealing with those or for in the future mm-hmm. when they deal with those negative voices in their head, the, the, the wrong questions to be asking, why me, why this, why that? What do you say to them? That's a really great question. This is actually one of my specialties for sure. I mean, I actually wrote my own book. I know you have a book too, Mastering Your Life Through Self-Coaching. And before you answer, let me just say, because our YouTube channel is new, if you're listening to this podcast on Apple, Spotify, wherever, we have a YouTube channel. So if you want to see the book Mark just held up and his beautiful bald head like mine and his (laughs) wonderful smile and all the energy coming through the screen, go check out Life's Hard Succeed Anyway on YouTube. But go ahead, Mark. One of the things that I always start out with when it comes to like, whether I'm helping an entrepreneur, a leader, a father, whatever is getting people to understand why our brains do this. Because we, I think we, a lot of people, I don't think I know, a lot of people internalize this to mean that there must be something wrong with them if their brain goes down this path. So one of the key things that I always teach my clients is that your brain does this for a very specific reason. It's to keep you safe. It wants to keep you in the old patterns, the things that you've done over and over and over again, because it's not scary there. It's like, we'll be able to survive if we keep doing this over and over again. But if we try something new, if we speak on stage, if we do whatever this new thing is, like that's going to open us up to the potential of like danger. And so your brain is literally going to do whatever it can. It's going to tell you whatever to stay in the safety of your comfort zone. Maybe you need to have a difficult conversation with your wife. Maybe it's like your brain's now convincing you that maybe you shouldn't do that because what if you say the wrong things or what if she takes it the wrong way? It'll convince you not to do any of it. If the alarm goes off, your brain will convince you, well, you know what? You worked extra overtime yesterday. You know what? You deserve a break because it's, it, it really wants to protect us. It wants to keep us safe in the past. It doesn't know we're not in as, da- as much danger as we were back when we were cavemen. When we walked out onto the savannah, we would have gotten eaten by something if we hadn't been paying attention to our brain trying to keep us safe. Or if we were like, we're hunter gatherers, right? If we had our tribe, we would be safe if we were there. But if we were pushed out of our tribe, we wouldn't be able to survive. Well, unfortunately, our, vein, our brain hasn't evolved from that. And so when we get up to speak in front of a class, right? It's like, <gasps> like you just, this fear rushes through you and you got to realize, oh, this is what my brain is doing because it wants to keep me safe. Right. So back to your question is when you have these thoughts that kind of come across your mind, instead of like trying to attack them or fight back to them, remember they're there because they want to get you to be safe and realizing that going, I know what you're, I know what you're doing. Like I, this is how I talk to myself. I know what you're doing in there. I get it. I appreciate you. And I'm also safe. And also I want to do this thing. And it's going to make a huge impact in the world. And it's going to, I'm going to be modeling the behavior for my kids. 
And this is what I want to see in others. So I have to be willing to be, feel the fear and do it anyway, right? But I know what you're yeah. doing in there. I appreciate you for trying to keep me safe, but this isn't one of those moments, right? right. Maybe in my police career, that was a real moment of, of fear that I really needed to listen to. But like right now, like being on a computer and doing a podcast, like that's really not, nothing to be scared of. Just take right. a breath. You're going to be okay. Let's get through it. <laughs> and then afterwards, you can be like, you know what? That really wasn't that bad. And that's what happens when we're able to attack the self-sabotage, right? When the yeah. voices are telling us what we should and shouldn't do. Now, one other piece there, and that is like, everybody's version of self-sabotage is a little different. So like the words that Alan tells himself are a little bit different than the words that Mark tells himself to tell somebody else over here because it knows what's worked in the past. So for me, my limiting belief is I'm not enough. That means I got to work harder. I got to put more energy. I've got to give more time. I've got to give, give, give. That's what happened to me early on in my career, right? It's like, just give, 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 give until you're like totally have zero in the tank. So that's my limiting belief. So anytime my brain wants to get me to not do it, just do something, it's going to be getting into that. Well, you really didn't deliver like you said you were going to. It's really not as good as you. And it'll play with those thoughts because that's what's worked for me in the past. So hmm. knowing that your brain is meant to do this, and it's going to use the, anything that has helped in the past to get you off track. It's going to keep throwing up that record. But you don't have to listen to it. You can make an entirely different decision and do something else entirely different that you've never done before. That's the power of being a human, right? We get to make an entirely different decision if we choose to. But most of the time, our brain is on this auto-repeating thing in the subconscious mind. We don't even realize it. And that's what I mean when I said that I had that aha moment of like my brain was just going over and over and over again and I could see things differently. That was the one piece that changed the trajectory of my life, but also my health, my parenting, and gave me the ability of actually running this incredible business where I get to talk to amazing humans like you on a podcast. So much incredible value there, Mark. I, I just love this. I can hardly contain my excitement because I know how much this helps people. Mm -hmm. And it's why we do what we do. And I just want to say thank you. What do you say to somebody that's dealing with just sideline, maybe a little sideline to this topic is, is the imposter syndrome. Mm -hmm. A little different, but in the similar a cousin maybe to what mm -hmm. this conversation. I know a lot of people deal with it and that's why I'm bringing it up. And I don't know how much you've dealt with it and helped in other people or even yourself yep. as I've had to deal with. I think it's, you know, something sometimes I just get in different situations. It's like, Hey, I'm not, I'm not that great to be here. I don't do along here. I don't belong in this yep. space. You know, those kinds of thoughts for those that are listening are like, what is imposter syndrome? Mm -hmm. What do you say to help someone with that? That's a great question. And you're right. This is another version of self-sabotage, right? So I, a lot of times I also find that this is a comparison thing where you're comparing yourself to someone else and where right. they are on the journey. But like the imposter syndrome will try and throw you off, right? If that's something that's worked for you in the past, it's like, well, how, like, how, why would I put a podcast together? Alan's got the podcast on lockdown. Like he's, he's already doing all of these great things. Like what's going to, like, I, I feel like I wouldn't be doing his service if I would get up there, right? And so many times it's locked into me comparing myself to someone else. I remember somebody said this is like, you're never behind if you're running your own race, right? If you're running somebody else's race, you're always going to be behind, right? Because somebody is always going to be ahead of you. And you can either make that like your demise of like, oh, whoa, or you can make it like, well, if he could get there, like I can get there too, right? And when I think about like the whole imposter thing, I often, whenever it happens to me, and it happens to a lot of my clients like this, is they think like, for example, if I have a business and I'm trying to help people get started with their business, Right my brain will go to, well, you can't help Grant Cardone with his business, so you must be an imposter. And what I remind myself is like, I don't have to get help anyone get to someplace I've never been. 
I just have to help somebody get to where I'm currently at. Mm. And so when I remind myself, like, that's all I'm here to do is I'm just here to help people who are at a different level than me and lifting them up to my level of growth. And that's all I got to do, right? And I think like our brain will try and convince us that maybe we're not good enough. Maybe we don't have this or have that. And like, that's it's awesome that some people have really excelled. But I also like to think about like, why would I be the second rate version of someone else when the best version of me is always available? I have my own story. I have my own adversity. Notice I didn't talk about Alan's adversities here, right? Even though he's been through powerful, probably way, way more than I have. But in reality, like, I can lean into myself here too. I can lean into my stories. It's what makes me unique. I wouldn't want to try and be like somebody else because they've already got it on lockdown, right? They're already really doing it well. Instead, I get to be myself, right? And by being yourself, you get to help bring people up to where you are. It's when we start getting to the inauthentic version where we're like trying to be like this person up here and we're trying to, and it's like, no, just just lean into your strengths, like what people come and try and find you for, right? And just leaning into that and know that, like you already have like your full worth. It doesn't matter like in, in terms of like people comparing you to someone else, anything like that. You already have that full worth and potential inside of you. And it's just a matter of saying, these are my strengths. These are my superpowers. And this is why people come to me. So being the real authentic me is the best thing that I can do. I love it. Hey, what would you say to somebody who may be listening to this podcast, Mark, right now that's going through their struggle? I mean, they're in the heat of it, the thick of it right now, or maybe they're not mm-hmm. and they're wanting to be prepared for the next wave that's about to pound them because we all got something ahead, another yep. challenge ahead of us. If we live that, you know, very many years longer, much longer, what would you say to that person? Great question. Okay. So if, if I was in that situation, I would, t- I would ask them, tell me about the last time that this happened and what, what you were kind of like experienced when you had that thought of the whole imposter syndrome, because getting to the root of the problem, like I can give you motivation and excitement, but if I can help you get to the root of the problem, like whether it was something that somebody said, whether it was a situation that was brought up, whether whatever that is, I can help you see that thing differently. And from there, everything will change, right? If mm-hmm. I'm like, I got a quick second here to have a conversation with you. And you're like, I'm about to go on stage. Like, I'm just totally nervous. I would ask you, what about what you're going to do right now is important and meaningful to the people in that audience? Who needs to hear your message today? Who is sitting there praying that you would come across because they need to hear your message? They need to hear it today. They have no hope that it's possible. Who is that person that you need to speak to today? That's how I get my clients into their what's called heart voice, which is like, this is what I'm here to do. I'm willing to go through the uncomfortable and get there because that person needs me. Maybe not everybody, but if there's that one person on social media, that one person in the audience that I can connect with, that I can really share my message with and it'll change their life forever, it's worth it to me to get uncomfortable and do it anyway. So good. Very good advice. I love that. Let me ask you this question. If you could go back in time and give your younger self just one piece of advice. I know it, you'd love, love probably like, if you're like me, you'd love to give your younger self many <laughs> pieces of advice yeah. um, that you, you didn't get or didn't hear. Maybe we heard it. I mean, maybe someone said it and we just never heard it. I don't know. I think that's a possibility too. But what's one piece of advice you'd love to give your younger self? Um, I would say you don't know what you didn't know. <laughs> like you don't know what you don't know. Because at the time, like I thought I knew it all. I thought I knew I exactly what I was supposed to do. I thought I knew everything. And like my ego would always get in the way. And here's the honest truth. Like having that conversation, if I always sit down and I would say, hey, just be open to asking for help. Just be open to learning and be open to growing. That Mark would not have listened to me. 
Like sometimes we have to go through that adversity in order to be open to actually with something on the other end, right? And when we go through that pain, when I went through that pain, I was like, oh man, I, I guess I need to change, right? Because like, if nothing changes, nothing changes. I need to go and right. I need to change. But I needed to experience that. My hope is that most people aren't like that, but that's how I was. Like, I, A lot of people see me now, they, they don't realize that I was the negative, the naysayer, the the like the world is going to catastrophize and blow up and and follow me home as a police officer that was that was me like i was that person right and i thought i had to do that in order to survive but in reality like i had to hit that point where it was like no i need to change like i don't know what i don't know like mark if you knew it all you'd already had it figured out and you don't have it figured out buddy so let's figure out a way of getting some help getting somebody to breathe belief into you, give you some different ideas and suggestions. And it kind of opened the door for like so many other opportunities because I was willing to do that. But I don't know if I, I don't know if I would have accepted that kind of advice back then because I knew it all, you know? Right. I can relate. <laughs> I can relate. So good. So good. Hey, I don't want this to end, but we're going to start to wind this down. And when we mm-hmm. do, I'm just going to fire off a bunch of, uh, or a handful of final questions to you, Mark, if you yes. could just 30 second type questions. And the first one is, do you have a success quote that you might want to, that you really love, or just one you might want to share with our audience today? Mm. Yeah. I mean, the, the, the outward success, your outward success and expression of your inner growth is really a, a powerful one for me. I've been reading a book called, uh, the power of one more by Ed Milet. And he right. talks about the one, I think I actually talked about this while we were at the dad edge. The one is the person who changes the trajectory of their family and their lineage forever. And I really do believe that people who are like listening to podcasts, reading books, attending conferences, being a part of masterminds, like you are literally the one, the one who is willing to stand up, to fight for it, to make a change. And in order by, by doing that, literally change the entire trajectory of your whole life. Alan, I know you're the one for your family. And I know a lot of your listeners are the one here, but like stepping into that and realizing I am the one and I'm going to step up and I'm going to do these uncomfortable things because I know it's going to better everyone else on the other end. Love it. What is one habit, Mark, that's helped you in your success in life? Ooh, one habit was waking up early, waking up early. So I've got two kids, a puppy, a wife that I like to keep happy. And I'm like, how can I get up early and have some time for me? so that I can pour my cup into everyone else when they get up, right? So I get up super early, my kids. How, and, how early? How early is super early? Uh, between 2.30 and 3 in the morning. Holy smokes. So I get That's up between, early. yes, 2.30, 3 in the morning. I go to bed early, by the way. Like at 7 o'clock, like I am almost knocked out. Okay, <laughs> I'm not a night right. owl. But in the morning time, I can get work done between like 5 and 7 in the morning, like 10 times as much work. It's, it's what I term as like my universal prime time. We all have that time where like you just crush everything. For me, it's the morning time. So I give myself more time there. And so that I don't feel like I have to like rush through everything. I used to like wake up at like five and then it'd feel like this and then this and then the kids and then this and try to get business in and everything felt rushed. So instead, like I give myself more time in the morning and it literally helps me flow through the day much more easy. I love it. And I love the fact that you're going to bed around seven or yep. there shortly thereafter, it sounds like, and that you are getting the sleep that you need. You're not just cutting, sacrificing that on the altar of whatever. No, success. that was many years of the police force. I was doing that where you would go to bed at like three o'clock and you wake up at seven o'clock for court. No, definitely won't be yeah. doing that. That's for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Not a healthy way to live <laughs> for very long, if at all. What's one of the best pieces of advice you've ever received? Mm. When it comes to pieces of advice, like I, I feel like instead of like giving me an answer, 
ask me a question because there's an infinite number of answers that are contained in that. So for example, mm-hmm. like when somebody gives me advice, it can kind of feel like if it's a, if there's a period at the end of the sentence, that there's like only one right, best, only answer. And it's contained in that answer. Right. But if they're like asking me a question to help pull out like an infinite, like how could you excel at both of those rather than saying, Oh yeah, you have to start social media. Oh, you have to jump into a podcast asking yourself like, based off of your strengths and what you really love, what do you think is a way that you can really connect with your audience in a way that you would love and that they would love to receive it in? So I love that kind of advice where it's just literally a question that sets me up for like, oh, this is the thing that I want to do rather than, Mark, you should start a podcast. You, you talk really well. Let's do that. Now I feel like I'm trapped in there. I'm like, I can only do this. And like, if I don't do that, I don't succeed. And so that's what I would, whenever, whenever the whole advice thing comes up, I love it when people ask me questions like that. Because it gets me to come up with so many different answers. Because if the first answer doesn't work, I can just jump to the second one and the next one and the next one. It's like an infinite number of answers. That's so good. And another takeaway that I I have from what you just shared is if we're the one giving the advice and we're the one asking the question instead of telling somebody what they should do, not only does it accomplish what you just shared, but it also gives them ownership of their answer. That's exactly right. I mean, that's why I have a YouTube channel called Modern Leadership. And that's exactly how we lead is we lead through asking powerful questions. Because when you can get somebody to buy into their answer, and it's not necessarily your answer, but their answer, they're much more likely to take like not only action, but like make sure they see it through to the end. And a lot of times it's the exact action that you would have told them, but they came up from from their own kind of like brain. It's just so much more different of a buy-in. Love it. Hey, I know you have a book. You mentioned it earlier. Mention it again and and tell us in addition to that, what's one other book? So feel free to plug your book here. But what's one other book in addition to your book that you might recommend for the Life's Hard Succeed Anyway audience? I love it. So uh, Mastering Your Life Through Self-Coaching is my book. And the book that I'm reading right now, The Power of One More by Ed Milet, such a really, really powerful book talking about like, what if you're just like one rep, one step, one action, away from like achieving the goal that you want to achieve. Like what is just that one little bit extra that could literally push you over and it's just the next step that you can take. He breaks it down so beautifully well in like these different ways of like how this could be that one thing for you. And I got to say like that thought is so amazing in my brain. It's like, what if this is the one thing? What if this is the one podcast I do? What if it, it just brings your energy to it? Because it's like, yeah. and then you can actually make that thing your one thing. As opposed to going, ah, I guess I'll just do this because I got to just check the box. It's a different kind of energy than like, this could be that one thing that changes the trajectory of everything. And it just gets you fired up. So good. So good. Do you ever think about like, what is success? I mean, some philosophical thought like that, like what your definition of success is to Mark Hildebrand? Yeah, I love that. First off, thank you for bringing it up like that. Because you said, what is the definition to Mark Hildebrand? Because the definition of success to everyone, it should be different. It should not be the same. If I'm striving for somebody else's success, that's what sucks is like you get to the end and you're like, I did all of that. And really, I got this. This is not even what I want. So my definition of success is making a huge impact in my business while also creating a legendary connection with my family so that I can create the legacy that I truly want. Not to just excel at one or the other, but to literally be able to do both while also taking care of myself so I don't burn myself out. Like That is my definition of success, is making a huge impact at home also in the world. I love it, Mark. What what excites you about the future right now as you start as you look into the future and you think about it, is there one thing or one or more things that really fire you up at the current time? 
100%. Because thinking about like what I do now, like when it comes to like life and leadership coaching, now that I'm teaching how to become a life and leadership coach for other people, that is really what like, there's this like four-step process that John Maxwell talks about. And the last step is multiply. And that is like when you as a leader give all of your best stuff away and you create not like a duplicate of you because you don't want to be a duplicate, but a multiplication of you and your message. That's what I feel is like so powerful. I've been doing this for two and a half years. I have like 150 life coaches now that I have out there. And when I think about the impact that every single one of them is making in their clients' lives and then their families' lives, that's what like gives me the goosebumps. Because I'm like, I could do this like and just help the people that I can help, which is awesome. But like, what if I empower all of these other people to go out and help people? I'm like, this could be like a global thing where people start to go, this is a game changer. It's changed my life forever. And it was because... I got uncomfortable, started this, and then passed it on. But those people were willing to do it too. Because it's not just me, right? We can all lead like a horse to water, but it's whether or not they're willing to drink. And they are, and they're taking action. That's what excites me is the compound effect of all that. 100%. You're speaking my language. I love it. The replication, duplication, and expanding our leverage through impact with other people. I love it. What uh, What is the best way for our listeners to connect with you, Mark, and follow along and continue to follow along on your journey? I appreciate it. So um, I know I have a book. I have a um, uh, YouTube channel called Modern Leadership. I also have a book club. The reason why I picked this book up is because I actually have about 1,850 entrepreneurs that are inside of a free book club that I run. Uh, and we basically pick up a book a month um, and we dive into it. We share takeaways and whatnot. If you go to our website, modernleadership.us forward slash book club, you can join the, the free book club and you'll be able to see some of our live calls and stuff on YouTube on our Modern Leadership YouTube channel. Perfect. And for all of our listeners, we'll put that down in the show notes below so you can get those links there. Mark, this has been awesome. I'm going to give you the last word, brother. If you have any closing comment for our Life's Hard Succeed Anyway listeners, I'd love to have you share that. I do. I do. Um, Alan, and, and this is more of like an knowledge and appreciation of you. Guys, I know what it takes to build a YouTube channel, to build a podcast, to put together guests like this, to put together everything that Alan has done for you. And I do have to say like, this is the hard work that it takes. And I just want to say thank you so much for putting this together, Alan, for putting your book together, the energy that it took for you to do that, the, the voices in your head that you got past in order to put down this beautiful book that's going to be able to make an impact in people's lives forever, right? And I know it's not easy, but it's not the easy time that makes the powerful leaders. It's the hard times. So thank you for leading from the front, Alan. Thank you for doing this, for putting this all together. And I know your community really does appreciate it. And I just want to be there to tell them or to tell you thank you on their behalf. I appreciate that, Mark. Thank you, brother. This was an awesome interview. Thank you so much for your time. Can't wait to get this one out to everybody to get to hear. Thank you. Sounds good. Sounds like a plan. If you love this podcast, grab some of Alan's free resources on his website at alanblain.com, spelled A-L-L-A-N-B-L-A-I-N.com. You can also find links to Alan's Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok there in his contacts page. Lastly, if you can leave a five-star review for us on your favorite podcast app, that will get these messages out to more people and it will really mean the world to us. Thanks in advance and make it a great day.